2: Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. We have a Japanese flavour on the show today as Dan Orlowitz is back on AXOM. I think it's the first time in maybe 18 months, Dan, that you are joining us on A Celtic State of Mind.
3: Something like that. And, uh, boy, a lot has changed in those 18 months.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you could say that again. Liam Carrigan. Um, is also joining us, resplendent in his Japanese top. It's the only time you get to, to wear a blue football jersey is when you're representing Japan, Liam.
4: Yeah, I wasn't too sure how how, how much of a, a blue and white jersey
2: would go down with the audience, but hopefully I don't get lynched. <laughs> talking, of, talking of lynching, you know, we all love the old football jersey chat, Liam. I know you're a fan. Um, hmm. Kevin Graham, who appeared on episode one of the Celtic State of Mind, and he's still here, still doing his thing. He was on yesterday. He was at one of these fans' forums a few years ago and it was New Balance and they were talking about all these different ideas that they had for away jerseys and third jerseys. And one of the ones that they, they, they tried to push to the Celtic fans who were present was a brown jersey. They were saying, you know, this could be like the St Pauly crossover jersey and, and some of the fans were like, oh, I get that. And then their idea was to launch a blue jersey and everybody just looked at them in amazement because they had all these stats from global jersey sales and they were trying to convince Celtic fans a blue away jersey was a good idea. Um, Suffice to say it didn't happen and hopefully it never, ever happens. Um, There's lots to talk about and to save... Dan's fingers on Twitter we thought you know what your best just to come on for 20 minutes or so Dan and give us a bit of the lowdown before we do all that um, let's have a wee chat about last night I'll start with yourself Liam how are you feeling today we've just been hammered 5-1 but as I was saying before we came on I'm not feeling too disheartened by it no
4: I mean the thing is on their day Real Madrid can do that to anybody and I mean anybody in world football that's the reality of it um no, I mean, I, I I, rather stupidly said the other day we were going to win 3-0, but that was purely purely because I thought we're out the tournament and that is the Scottish thing to do, to go out and win when it doesn't matter, right? But um, no, I I don't feel that bad about it because I think it's like every game in the Champions League this season, even games where we, we've been beaten or we haven't won, we've, we've not looked completely out or depth, we've competed, you know? And ultimately, yeah, Madrid just stepped up and you know pulled away from us last night. But mm-hmm. um, that's you know that's the only game in the Champions League this season where I think we've had we've had what you would call a doing. You know, I think like the other games we've we've at least competed. Even the Leipzig games where we we you know we were disappointed with the performance as well as the result. But I think we competed, mm-hmm. and that's that's a big step forward.
2: That's something to build on for next season. Yeah, it is now. Dan, you came on a wee while back, and you were talking about the approach that Ange had to any game of football, not just the big games, not the, the domestic games, any game. And there was comments around, you know, he would rather win 5-4. Now, he he has since said that himself, Dan. He would rather win 5-4 than one now. But often what happens is you come up against a side like Real Madrid last night, and, and Liam said it um, quite rightly, they could be on their day, anyone. By the same margin, five times Champions League winners in the last 10 years. But we played our game and stuck to his principles. Do you think that when you do that, you are less likely to take a pace than? Can you imagine Celtic going out and trying to defend at the Burnabout last night? It would have it potentially been even worse.
3: I, I think that when you go out, when you play the way you believe in, then it's better in the long run for your team because the players believe in what you're doing. The fans believe in what you're doing. Just looking at at the reactions on Twitter, on YouTube uh, to this result, it's a much different world in Celtic land than when I came on 18 months ago and I was trying to explain what Ange believes in and this attacking philosophy. And and I think a lot of fans at the time were hesitant and maybe didn't believe me at the time. I'm not gonna come out and say I told you so, but but is exactly who we knew he was. Um and I think over the long run it it's good. I, I think that it's 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 great for a team to have a philosophy. You know what you're getting at, and yes, there will be there will be good days and there'll be there will be struggles and there will be bad days, but I would rather uh my my coach and my players go out onto the pitch with a philosophy, with something that they're clearly trying to accomplish, because at least I know what I believe in. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like that's what we're getting from Celtic fandom right now, is that I I think that Ange has made everyone a believer. And and the next step is obviously getting better players and getting uh, getting used to playing Champions League football year in and year out. That's the goal. You have to keep at it. And eventually some of those draws will turn into wins and some of those losses will turn into draws. And then you're really turning heads.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was looking at that last night and I've been saying it all all throughout the campaign, Liam, that lack of experience. And I don't mean age experience. I just mean experience within that, that sphere, within that bubble of playing a high, high standard, a team like Real Madrid. and You know, you take someone like Luka Modric, who is... One of the most talented footballers of his generation. And he's played more Champions League football than the entire Celtic starting lineup combined. Now, that, that does speak volumes because, you know, a lot of those Celtic players now have got half a dozen games under their belt, Liam. So when yeah. you, you come back next season, which, and we hope that we do come back next season to the same level, you hope that that's galvanised them. It's, it's, you know, got rid of some of the anxieties that they've spoken about as well. And we can see the true free flowing nature of their game that we see domestically.
4: Yeah, I mean it's um, it's an experience. It's a learning process, and um, it's actually interesting what, what what Dan brings up there because back um, God, three years ago now. I the first time I experienced Ange Ange's style of football was watching them play, watching Yokohama play Man City in a pre-season friendly, and you could see the exact same philosophy there. They could mm-hmm. beat three one, but they had a real goal, and they got applauded off the pitch, and they really were. Yokohama were a very good team to watch that night. Um, even though you know it was, it was basically a Kevin De Bruyne a masterclass in the end. It was the difference between the two teams, but um, but I just think that you see that same understanding now with the Celtic supporters. Um, losing five one to Real Madrid is not is not shame sh- shameful in any way because it could happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the same way that Yokohama put up a good fight against Man City that night and has now got the same thing going through. Celtic, albeit in a competitive sense, as opposed to just a pre season friendly, like that was.
2: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. with, without sure. a doubt We want to run through, we, we have a level of expertise here on Axom in relation to what is happening in Japanese football, potentially what that will mean for Celtic's uh, new recruits and, and uh, new signings in January I want to start off though by looking at the uh, omission, it's been big news this week of two of Celtic's star players, Kyogo and Hatati uh, You watched that game last night Dan, I think Hatati for me is one of those players um, who has put and quite a few performances at the the Champions League level um, that will it, would, it will hold him in good stead. I hope that it doesn't result in too many clubs, um, you know, circling Celtic Park uh, in their vulturous ways to try and prize him away from Ange Postacoglu. But they they didn't make Japan's World Cup squad. Now that came as a surprise over here, Dan. What was the reaction over in Japan?
3: I, I think that for the most part uh Hatate's omission was expected and, and I say that that was expected because he hadn't found a place in, in the squad in, in the build up uh to 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 this world cup he'd only had a couple of appearances really uh the longest coming against uh, Vietnam I believe the longest was against Vietnam in the march uh dead rubber the world cup qualifier and he didn't really impress but he didn't impress because it it was a b-side that wasn't used to playing with each other he just hasn't had the time with the blue shirt that he needed to uh to put himself into the picture and unfortunately uh for better or for worse uh, japan has always had one or two players who have been on the bubble and just haven't made it for whatever reason even though they've looked really good Domestically or in continental competition, Shunsuke Nakamura in 2002 was a great example of that. Mm. Uh, You go to 2010 when a lot of people were calling for Shinji Kagawa to be added. You go up to 2018 and Shoya Nakajima was very much talked about as someone who could have made an impact in that Japan squad. None of them got picked up, but what matters is is going forward and and how how Hatate will take this and, and how. You know, he'll be carrying maybe a chip on his shoulder and maybe that will benefit him. Uh, a- as far as Kyogo is concerned, I think that there's a bit more debate. I think that some people would rather see him in that squad, uh, especially over Takuma Asano, who I'm not sure if he's going to be 100% back from his injury by the time they get to Qatar. Uh, the JFA's medical staff is pretty confident in that, and Moriyasu said that on Tuesday. I would personally rather have Kyogo in the squad, but I think that Dyson Maida's selection fills a need—a uh, need to be able to for for whoever's up front to be able to drop back and contribute defensively in the event of a counter. And I think that you sort of need that against Germany, against Spain. Mm. So it all makes sense logically. I I, I know that. Celtic fans are seeing two very different versions of these players than what Jap- Japan supporters have seen and what Hajime Moriyasu has seen. Mm-hmm. And that's weird to reconcile, but that's where we're at.
2: You know, that that is interesting because all the conversations we've had, Liam, about mm-hmm. Celtics recruits um, have been around the fact that, you know, you're a massive fan of Mieda. He mm-hmm. hasn't, impressed to the same level as Kyogo or Hatate across the piece. Although I do like Maeda, I am a fan, um, and I'm glad he started last night. But um, is that something that, you know, Dan has just spoken about the um, impression that we have of the three players compared to maybe the impression that you guys have over there. Is, that, is this kind of strengthening that that view that you've had on Maeda?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with what Dan said there. The, um, the inclusion of Maeda for me was never in doubt. I personally thought Kyogo was going to get in, but if you look at um, his his games for Japan in the last year or so, Kyogo has not done it, really, for Japan. He's not shown the same flair, the same brilliance that he has at Celtic. Um, you know, if you remember last season's League Cup final, Kyogo basically won that game single-handedly, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. never had a moment like that for Japan. And it's because Japan is a kind of team that, that they, 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 that's a big emphasis on the team as a unit. There's not so much space for individuals, which could also go some way to explaining why Moriyasu doesn't really fancy Hatate at the moment, because he's an individual flair player mm-hmm. and Japan's system doesn't really accommodate individual flair players. It's about the team dynamic and Maeda with his engine, with his backtracking as Dan says, is exactly the kind of player that Moriasu likes and they have a history because Moriasu picked him for the Olympic team when he was the Olympic coach as well so mm-hmm. yeah um, but I think to to, to, to kind of summarise it Japan is a team that picks Dyson Maeda for a particular role mm-hmm. and they have that role for him, whereas Celtic, Maeda has to adapt his game to play the role that Celtic need him to play, not necessarily his best role. And I think that's that's where you have this this kind of detachment in terms of expectations.
2: Mm. Watching from afar, Dan, how impressed have you been? I, w- I want to actually ask, ask you about Idegucci in a second, but how impressed have you been? And have Hatate Kyogo or Maeda surprised you with their transition to Scottish football?
3: I, I believe. When the 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 trio the the three winter transfers were announced, I, I did tout Hatate as having the highest ceiling, and I still believe that's true. But I thought he would take more time to adapt. Hmm. the The way that he exploded in, into the the starting eleven and, and made the immediate impact that he did did surprise me. And you know, it's nice to have good surprises in this game. Sometimes I think you expect a lot of things from a player and you don't get it. Uh, but Hatate has just blown us all away. And I- I'm I'm really impressed with how he's done. I know that at the end of last season, he was flagging a bit. Uh, he did get the summer to rest. Uh, he's looked very good, I think, over the course of the season. And I think he's he's getting more used to the role within Andrew's squad and, and playing in the playing in the the premiership week in and week out and playing in the champions league Uh, for a a player who is only in his third professional season well third third professional year Mm. to come into the champions league and make the impact that he has is remarkable and uh, kyogo i think is kyogo uh, he's I think that the debate is over in a way as to how good Kyogo is. I think we can all mostly agree. His his form in the Champions League hasn't quite been there, but that's an experience thing. I think he'll get there. Mm. And Maida is developing in, into a, a sort of a cult hero in, in, in a good way. And, and I, I think that, as I described him, he's always been this sort of stone-cold killer. And he'll close out the game for you. He will get goals on occasion, but it's just his pace. It's, mm. it's, we should all be so lucky to have such stamina in anything. Uh, just to see him run up and down, he's doing laps around the pitch after the game ends. It's incredible. So they've all accounted very well for themselves over there. And, and I, I think that the, the Japanese football community has taken note of that. And I think that they, they do get that recognition.
2: Superb. Before we move on to Gucci, then, um, you mentioned Nakamura earlier on, and obviously the news filtered in that he has finally hung up his boots. Um, Liam, is older than you.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox.
5: Not just a media company. iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: And I isn't he? In fact, he's older than all three of us, I think. Um, and he was still playing until fairly recently. I mean, how big a, a personality, a profile, an icon? Just to let us all understand, because obviously he's a big hero for Celtic fans, modern-day Celtic fans. I think he left in 2009, didn't he? So explain to us how big an icon he is over in Japan, Liam.
4: Well, I mean, I've, um, Dan, feel free to contradict me here if you, if you think I'm, I'm speaking out of turn. But I think at the moment, it's kind of a two-way debate as to who is Japan's greatest player uh, of all time. It's either Nakamura or Nakata. It's like a kind of back-and-forth debate between the two, I think. Um, he is an icon. He regularly pops up on TV specials, some of which you've probably seen on YouTube, you know. Launching a ball across a banquet hall to kick the, the bride and groom off a wedding cake, um, launching the ball a moving bus from what like, yeah. thirty yards away, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's uh, sort of things which, uh, yeah. If if he if he wants a certain career as a circus performer, he's probably he's probably onto a good a good thing there.
2: Right, <laughs> for sure.
3: I I, I will say uh, it, that is a tough debate, and, and the reason is because I think that they've both contributed to the development of Japanese football in, in, in yeah. such different ways. And one was that uh, Nakata was the first uh, J-League player to really go from, go from the J-League to a top European league and be successful. Yeah. And even though his career in Europe did sort of peter out near the end, I mean, what he did in Perugia, what he did at Roma, I mean, that, that was all very important. And, but then for Shinsuke to go to to Italy and succeed, uh, to Celtic and succeed wildly, uh, just for him to get that many accolades as a player, for him to score arguably one of the most celebrated goals in Champions League history. You all know the one. I, I just need to say that. Everyone watching knows the one. That was on my birthday. There you go. <laughs> um, what a present. But yes. I think that... Shinsuke's legacy is, I, w- I want to say tainted, but it is complicated by the fact that he didn't contribute as much to the national team mm. as I think we all have in mind. In fact, I mentioned Shinji Kagawa's admission from the 2010 squad earlier. Most were calling for Nakamura to be left off for Shinji Kagawa in 2010. Mm. Uh, he had had a very um Poor showing. I believe it was Española that he went to. Yeah, Española. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it didn't work, and so he came to Yokohama, back to Yokohama in, in 2010, and that was to, to get uh, fit and to get back into the World Cup picture. And he did go to South Africa, but I believe he only made one appearance off the bench, and that was it. So it was a very weird ending to his national team career. And even though he did have another decade-plus left in him domestically, Uh, won MVP with Marinos in 2013, even though he never won the J1 with Marinos, Mm. which is, so he was successful, but it was a very weird career track if you really zoom back and look at how that career progressed. Um, But undoubtedly one of the greats. I I, I think that if, if you're arguing Nakata or Nakamura, it gets complicated, but undoubtedly they are they've both contributed so much to this culture.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, when we're looking at the transition and how incredible it is that um three of the four players that have come in from Japanese football have really hit the ground running and and, and you know, made a big impression at Celtic. The one that we always go back to and I keep asking Liam about him is um Yusuke Idiguchi. Um and you know, I know he has been unlucky with injuries. Leon, but I'm now at that stage when I'm wondering where it's going to go for him. Um, you know, the recruitment's been excellent since Ange's come in. As I say, there's been a, you know, there's been some bad luck with the Duguche. Do you still think, from what you've seen prior to his move to Celtic, that he can play a part for Ange?
4: I think so. I think so. But the problem is getting into the team at the moment because the kind of central midfield role we have so many options there, um, and even with Callum McGregor out injured gucci is still third or fourth in line at best Mm -hmm. um and you know then you bring in like Abelgard, and where's he gonna fit into that picture um so i think I, i think he has the ability to make it at celtic whether he'll get the opportunity or not is another story unfortunately
2: yeah yeah and again that that for me when you're looking at that that's the best case scenario for Ange because he's got so many options he just can't mm. fit him in there at the moment he's been here for almost a year Dan um, and obviously you start doubting whether or not the, the, the move's going to work out what do you f- see happening with the Gucci at Celtic?
3: It's tough it's really I, I, I think that he will be the one signing of the trio who didn't really work out I, I just don't see it happening and it's uh, I, I, it's fine um, it's it's not uh, it, it's it's not fine in that we would rather Itaguchi have found sort of a, a, a career revival at Celtic but I, I think that if you look at the potential benefit that Ange saw in him I think that it, it made sense at the time uh, it just didn't you know not everyone works out and I, I think Speaking of 2018, you know, Yosuke Itaguchi was another player who probably should have been included in that squad for the Russia World Cup. Mm -hmm. And if he gets chosen for that, then his career changes completely. I think he's on a completely different trajectory because I still remember uh, the goal he scored against Australia in in qualifying in August 2017, I believe it was. And then just a rocket and you saw that and you saw so much potential in him. And it's, I think that he's sort of the cautionary tale that now Rayo has to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see the working out, uh, but I, I, I'm ha- I'd be happy to be proven wrong.
2: You know, you know, if you bring four players in and three of them are a success, then that's a good, it's a good ratio. Um, another, player who we've been linked with it looks um, as though it's a done deal but you can tell me what the update is on Yuki Kobayashi um, what type of a player will we be getting Liam we'll come to you first we've been talking about strengthening at the back and in particular in, in the centre half area just you know we need that depth in there um, what should we expect if we do this particular deal in January
4: well if you remember back in summer 2020 we were linked with Koe Takura yeah. who is a very similar Player, but Kobayashi's that wee bit younger, and I think he has the potential to be better than than Itakura um, in the fullness of time. Um, the thing is, this—it's a shame this World Cup is now. If the World Cup was like, maybe nine months later, he might have a chance of breaking into that squad. But at the moment, you know, Japan have got you know Itakura playing well in the Bundesliga, so. A, a, a Japanese, J, a, a J-League player at the moment, no matter how well he's playing, is not going to displace a, a regular pick for the one of the top Bundesliga sides, unfortunately.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like we were just saying there, Dan, uh, one player may not have worked out so far, but it shouldn't prevent us from dipping into this market that Ange knows so well. Do you agree with Liam's sentiments on our potential new signing in January?
3: I think it's a very solid signing. It, not necessarily the the sort of the, the star factor of Kyogo or Hatate, but in, in terms of his potential to contribute to the build up, he's good at for, at, at pressing. I think he'll, he'll contribute to to getting the ball up the pitch. Uh, he's a smart player. I don't think you're going to see a lot of I, I say a lot of poor decisions. Uh, he he's still young. I think he does still make mistakes, and, and Kobe. Uh, haven't played very well this season. So, no. yeah. You know, look, when, when you're a defender for a side that for most of the campaign was was hovering around the drop zone and, and only managed to, to hop out in the last two or three rounds, it's not always going to reflect well on you as a, a defender. But I think that I, I agree with what Liam has said. The tools are there. Uh, the skill set is there. And I do think that he can be a very good fit uh, mm-hmm. for... And just Celtic. And in terms of the national team picture, I, I do think that we are going to need uh, depth at the central midfield position because I believe uh, we have i mean, our, our four central defenders. I, I may have said midfielders just now are Tomiyasu, who's doing pretty well at Celtic, Maya Yoshida, who's probably playing his last World Cup. Uh, Shogo Taniguchi, who's I believe 30, 31. I mean, he's get getting a bit older. And Koji Takura, who I do still think has one or two World Cups left in him. Uh, defense, the back line is a position, is an area that, that Japan does need to bring in the new generation on. I do think he has the potential to do that, especially if he can come on and, and get starts and even see some time in the Champions League. I mean, it's too way too early to predict that, but you know, Ange is three for four uh, for Japanese players so far, and I think you keep uh, going to that well until you're not catching anything.
2: Oh, for sure. One final thing, Dan, Liam, and I have spoken time and time again about the impact of um, you know Celtic having these Japanese stars and having that knowledge of Japanese football. But over here, it's difficult to know what the impact is in Japan. I mean, I would love to think that you know, in areas like Australia and America, and you go over and there's lots of Celtic fan supporters clubs, how big an impact has uh, the Japanese imports or exports, in your case, made in terms of Celtics brand over in Japan?
3: Um, I, I, they are undoubtedly one of the best-known European clubs in Japan at the moment. Uh, I go to uh, Kamo and, and the various sort of uh, football gear stores and you, you see celtic uniforms for sale and just something normal um you see uh, a lot more you look at the buzz around the, the twitter account i haven't even checked to see how many followers that the japanese language celtic account uh, has but it, it's it's phenomenal and they've done a lot of great work in the last 15 months uh to to see that explosive growth is testament to what these players are doing because if it's a club that is maybe I'm thinking of clubs that are lower in the, the Spanish first tier clubs that aren't in Europe as much, or maybe they don't have these marquee players. They aren't getting this following. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I I, I think that Celtic have always been our Celtic have always been the best known Scottish club in Japan. I think that that's to Nakamoto's credit. I think that's his legacy and uh, the, the trio Reo, Kyogo, and Daisen have continued that. Um, There have been rumors of a tour next summer. Mm. Uh, No confirmations yet. I don't have any inside information on that uh, yet, but that has to be a pretty obvious one uh, if they still have Japanese. I, I assume that they will still have Japanese players at the club come May, June, July, and that tour will print money. Uh, because it, it'll be a huge thing. Andrew's homecoming, Kyogo's homecoming, Rayo's homecoming, uh, and it, it'll be uh, it, it'll be such such a, a, a big occasion to celebrate the fact that you have this a Champions League club with these Japanese players, one of whom will have represented the country at the World Cup. And uh, things can uh, uh, the hope is that things continue because I think it's good to have that relationship.
2: That sounds phenomenal. I love to see it. And as you say, I want to ensure that all the top Japanese players we have are still at the club at that stage, Dan. It's always an absolute pleasure. Uh, You came on and scared us 18 months ago. Uh, We can look back on that now and say, you know what, you were right and we've embraced it
3: the defense worked itself out. <laughs> you know, I remember, uh, I remember the look on Tony Aggerty's face, just the jaw dropped and you, everyone thought I was insane, but no, it, it's, <laughs> I, I may have been a little insane, but it, it was, I think that all the excitement that all of us were trying to share with all the, the, the Celtic fans at the time who were not buying it, you know, that that's because, we have seen we had seen Ange we knew the kind of football he played we knew the kind of teams he created and and we're happy that we're, it's not that we're happy that we get to be right but we're happy that another we're happy that another fandom in another country in another part of the world gets to share you know gets to share in the joy of Angeball uh, cuz we we are all truly witnesses in the end
2: Oh, absolutely. Dan, it's an absolute pleasure. We'll, we'll no doubt hear from you again uh, when you have a few things to answer because, as I say, your Twitter must go into meltdown every time we are linked to a new player from Japanese football. I hope you enjoy the World Cup. Um, thank you so much for getting involved on a Celtic state of mind. You're always welcome back.
3: Thank you. Pleasure being on. Thanks for having me. Thank you to everyone who tweets and, and asks questions. Uh, we love spreading the gospel on the Japanese game and hope to keep doing so.
2: Nice one, Dan. You take care of yourself, all right? You too, guys. Cheers, pal. Thank you. Cheers. Liam, that, yes. that was a that was very interesting insight from both yourself and Dan in relation to our links. And I hope they are going to continue to be strong links for Japanese football because um, I love the idea of us going over to Sydney at the end of this year and then visiting Japan maybe in summer 2023. That, for me, yeah. sound, sounds like... You know something you and I have been banging on about. We we need to tap oh, yeah. into that market, don't we?
4: Aye, I mean, uh, yeah. As uh, <laughs> I'll, need, I'll need to get in touch with Dan actually and find out where he saw those Celtic tops because I've yet to see any. But um, obviously, the, um, that is something that if the club do a tour, that they can double down on. <laughs> um, you know, they should have sort of pop up stalls at whatever stadiums they're playing at, selling yeah. merchandise. Um, I mean, that was what Man City did, as I mentioned before, when they played Yokohama. Like, within about maybe like two or three square miles of the stadium was like this kind of closed off zone that was just selling merchandise everywhere, you know? Um, and Celtic will hopefully. Well, I mean, the they'd probably look to get in touch with the same agency that arranged the Man City tour, probably, you know.
2: Mm, Yeah, and, you know, obviously a massive part of that is to make money, of course it is, but it's about also strengthening that brand uh, because, you know, you're introducing people to the history of this.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox
5: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Club, You
2: said earlier that because of the nature of Japanese football, there are a lot of football fans over there who are all about trying to find out the historical relevance of a club like Celtic. So yeah. go yeah. over there, tap into that. If I was anything to do with a club, I'd be tapping into the knowledge of guys like yourself and Dan. Uh, whilst i over there, you know, why not? You've got to, you've got to look at the expertise over in Japan and see how we can do it right. We have a, a certain game of football to talk about from last night, we've not really focused on it a great deal. Mm-hmm. Mixed kind of comments coming through last night after the game I was on there with uh, Kevin McCluskey and Laura Bradburn. Some people, I think, felt Celtic had been brave in their pursuit of achieving what Ange wants us to achieve, whereas others felt and by the way I totally understand it that we have approached it in a naive way Um, so let's have a wee look at some of the the comments coming in Stephen Sloan a regular Mm. contributor on the chat last season we conceded 15 goals in the Europa League this season we've conceded the same in the Champions League this was our worst Champions League campaign with only two points these are the facts well Mm. you could look at it that way but at the same time Liam maybe people think I'm a bit of a happy clapper in these last couple of days I'm looking at it and thinking you know what first time we've been here for five years 18 months ago we could barely pull, pull a defense together and you know we were a fractured side a bit of a fractured fan base at that time we hadn't seen our team for a year and um, there had been you know protests outside the ground we didn't know who was going to be the gaffer when Ange comes in we're trying to find out as much as we can about him uh, but 18 months on and we're disappointed at not beating Shakhtar, we're disappointed at not getting results against Leipzig and looking mm-hmm. back on that game against Real Madrid at Sylt Surely that's progress.
4: Well, I mean, just to pick up on that comment there. Now, thanks for getting in touch, Stephen. I mean, no disrespect to what I'm about to say here, but you, um, you kind of contradict your own argument with that comment because last season we, conced- we conceded 15 goals in the Europa League. This this season we conceded 15 goals in the Champions League. Now, no one can deny that the Champions League is a higher level than the Europa League. So to make the step up and concede the same amount of goals, surely that would suggest that there's been improvement on the park.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I watched the, the post-match. Ange is a, a, a gaffer who, you know, his pre-match and post-match press conferences, Liam, become, mm-hmm. have become unmissable. Now you yes. you've been at the you've been at the sharp end of that industry and you've attended pressers and you know there's a whole nature of sometimes people will be going through the motions be that the person sitting there taking the questions or those asking them and I totally get mm. it because it becomes part of a routine it never seems to be routine with Ange, does it you know I mean even even no. last night he was given something tangible when being asked similar kind of questions about where is the progress is it naivety and. He's given us it. He's given us his vision, and we're buying it. And and I don't yeah. think we're buying it because we're mugs. Like we bought the brand the Brendan Rodgers thing. We bought it hook line and sinker. Right, that mm-hmm. he was this lifelong Celtic fan, etc. And just yeah. never said that, but he is yeah. se- he is selling us a vision, and we're buying it, aren't we?
4: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a mixture of two things for me. One, it is footballing intelligence, and clearly is a, a lifelong student of the game and really knows he speaks from a position of authority whenever he speaks about anything football related and two it's sincerity mm-hmm. and is a genuine guy he comes across as sincere and honest whenever he speaks and in a in a, you know sadly an ever-increasing commercially driven almost sort of a Hollywood style acting kind of thing you get with a lot of particular English football managers these days Um and is a genuine 100% down the middle kind of guy and that mm-hmm. is exactly what you what you want and what I think Celtic has a predominantly working class fan base appreciate
2: yeah uh, no you're right Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the fan base actually because um I wasn't lucky enough to be at the game the very fact that you and I are on today and Dan was on today um and JP isn't is because he's over in Spain. <laughs> as is Declan, as is Colin, and as is um, Natasha, and I think maybe David as well. Mm. They're over at the game. We're not. Uh, no. <laughs> but what about what about the fans? Again, we, we've got to highlight this, right? So, mm. some footage started filtering in. I know Kevin and uh, John yesterday spoke about it. The, you know, the the Spanish police are notoriously he- heavy-handed with football fans. The, the fact that it's Celtic fans won't. Occur to them that you know they're going to behave or, or any of this kind of thing. They will treat Celtic fans the same as they will f- treat any fans of any British team going over there. Um, and it looked as though they had been a bit heavy-handed. And then you look at the um, scenes after the game last night, Liam. Uh, you know, and Real Madrid fans going on about Celtic fans being the greatest in the world and us actually just being there and having a party and appreciating the experience. Uh, big shout out to everybody who made the trip.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and I would just say please um, don't let the actions of some of the Spanish police uh, put you off the Spanish people. Um, I've been to Spain many times; absolutely wonderful people, warm, friendly, welcoming people. Um, I hope someday when world travel gets back to normal, I can take my wife to to Spain for a wee holiday because she's always wanted to go there. Um, yeah, I just think yeah, Real Madrid fans are all right in my book. And uh Spanish, the Spanish folk karaoke okay in my book too. And yeah. uh let's not let a few idiots and their police force spoil it, you
2: know? No, for sure. Absolutely. And again, when when we look at the the performance, um Ange pointed out we have gone into this campaign, Liam, right? And virtually every game, if not every game, we have been missing a pivotal member of the team. So Carter Vickers has missed games. Starfelt makes his Champions League debut last night. <laughs> um, McGregor's missed games, Jota's missed games. We've had these issues to contend with in this campaign. Um, so yeah, we've got a disappointment, but it's got to be a balanced view on it. We've got to say, listen, the margins in some of the games have been very, very short. They've been very, very short. Last night, maybe not so much. Uh, but let's look at some of the, some of the the kind of positives. Firstly, um, Ange going out going on about how we play to our principles and our style and our philosophy, Liam, and we will learn to adapt. With the experience, we'll, we'll learn to adapt. Now, I, I do believe that because I'm looking at the performances that we've seen from Hatati, O'Reilly, Greg Taylor, and, and Jota, just to name, to name four players that come to my mind. And the performances that they've got, surely will strengthen their own belief that they belong at that level. So when they approach the Champions League next season, if we're in it, and hopefully we are, they can do so completely differently without these anxieties that uh, Anne has spoken about.
4: When we're in it, not if. Come on, let's stay positive here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I totally agree. I think um, I, I, that, as I said, last night was maybe the only game where we, you could say we've been truly outclassed and even then, we did compete for a, a, a period of time. Um, and, you know, like I said before, there's no shame when that happens against Real Madrid. But every other game this season, we've shown that we, we... Celtic have shown that they belong at this level. The trick now is to get in a position where we can win consistently at this level. Mm-hmm. And that will come, I believe it will come. And Ange's idea of no, no, I play the same way against Real Madrid as I do against Mullerwell, I think spot on speaks again to the guy's authenticity, which is one of the reasons why I am so glad that he's our manager.
2: Yeah, I, I think that initially um, there were calls that you know that it, it was naive, um, and people mm. were looking back to the approach that Brett the aforementioned Brennan Rodgers had in Europe it didn't work for him we were picked apart there was a naivety there there was real weaknesses in, in that approach but Ange you know the way that he explains it seems completely different I mean I look at that game last night and I think to myself like I mentioned earlier if we did change our approach last night then it could have been a lot worse. I mean, yep. there's a point coming in here from Jungle Lion. Welcome to the show. Um, mm-hmm. Madrid knocked out Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea and PSG last season. No shame in the defeat. But we have to learn fast and a higher class of player, not easy, I know. Now, following on from that, Paul Foley says, do higher class players want to play in the SPL? There mm-hmm. are obviously drawbacks to, to being at a club like Celtic, simply because of the fact that we're not in an elite league We're a massive football club, we're not in an elite league and the top, top players want to be playing um, their football in elite leagues and we know that. So we try to be more shrewd in our business dealings but since Anja's come in, I think we've done that. I mean, you've got a player in O'Reilly and it's not a flash in the pan because Hatati's done it um, and various other players, Abada, you know, we've we've plucked these players from different markets Um, and I think that the recruitment has been key, but has to remain to be successful in order for us to to make this Ange plan work. Um, But no, we're we're not going to buy a ready-made Champions League player, but what we can do is spot the potential and turn them into Champions League players. Do you believe that? Yes,
4: exactly. And I think that going to these quote-unquote unfancied markets such as Japan, such as Russia, such as Israel, where we are getting these players from um it's it's because not it's a two-way thing because on one hand you as a buying club you can celtic can get a much better deal a much bigger bang for their buck right i mean how much would a player of Kyogo's ability cost in england mm-hmm. right? if you want to sign a guy like that from you know newcastle or man city you're talking like 50 60 maybe 100 million right mm-hmm. We get Kyogo for what was it, about four million. <laughs> and even then that was a Japanese transfer record at the time. Um then you have um you know the the uh, going the other way, a Japanese player looking to go to Europe and make a name for himself. Mm-hmm. Um he's he looks at Celtic and he sees massive club, huge stadium, worldwide support. Yeah. Uh champ- almost virtually guaranteed Champions League football, definitely guaranteed European football every year. Um, yeah, that is an excellent platform for a, a player from one of these supposed lesser nations to to come and really make a name for himself. They don't have that same kind of, for want of a better phrase, snootiness towards the SPL mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, somebody coming from, say,
2: England, France, Germany or Spain might have, you know. Yeah for sure um, And I think that You know We've got to look at The success Of some of the players That we have brought in When we brought them in They weren't Champions League standard But they have gone on In Van Dyke's case For example To win the Champions League. So, no, we can't buy ready-made players, but we have to be very shrewd in our business. And I think there was a period of time where it was one of these things, Liam, hit or miss. You know, every now and again, we got a success, but there was a lot of players coming through the doors that just weren't up to scratch. And we've refined that on the ranch. And and it looks as though we're going to continue to um, in January as well. I said yesterday, actually, Liam, that, you know, the, the first transfer window I felt was to try and sort out the start in 11 get players in that are going to start because the team was mm. shambolic when Ange arrived and then the second transfer window was more about right we need to bolster the squad and those four players coming in in January were, were pivotal in us going on to win the league and then the transfer window just passed for me was all about strengthening, really strengthening the squad and then January I think is about improving that really improving the the squad so that if you're looking at a centre half and at the moment the option on the bench is maybe Stephen Welsh, we've got a better option I'm just picking one player by the way no disrespect to Welsh, I like him as a player Um, John Puska if Celtic was a stable CL team then why can't we get bigger names now this leads me on to that discussion whereby when you look at the three transfer windows that we have already um, been in with with Ange I think we have got bigger names because we went out and signed Jota and Carter Vickers so in terms of the level and the finance that is stepping up a bit Liam, Mm -hmm. but a club like Celtic at the moment can't be buying two players like that in every transfer window can we no and
4: to be quite frank I don't want to um, I would much rather we bring raw talents and refine them to and adapt them to our style uh, because you save money uh, in the short term and in the long term, if you can get these players to the level you believe they can reach, which Ange has shown he can do with players, then your profit down the line is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to have superstars to win the champions league you need to have a good team um you know case in point right hey i hate to bring this up apologies for anybody that's about to get trauma flashbacks but Porto of the early 2000s right Narrowly beat us in the euro in the uefa final then the following year they won the champions league yeah now before that if we're being honest how many of their players had you actually heard of
2: no, exactly. If I'm going to be honest, right. I, w- I would say none.
4: Yeah. Quite frankly. Two, or th- two or three, maybe, if you were a real football statue right? But, you know, that shows you what you can do when you have a good manager, mm-hmm. when you have a good recruitment policy, and when you have good um, tactics and utilising what you have to the best of its advantages. You know, Portal beat us in the final in a very cynical kind of... Uh, you know, not the most elegant way, but it was effective and it was what got Mourinho his big move onto England in the, in the fullness of time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, he still says that Celtic's the hardest team he's ever played in Europe.
2: You know that, right? He's always shown a bit of respect. I remember when he was the manager of Real Madrid and we played them over in the... Was it in the States? I think it was in the States, wasn't it? Um, mm. That was the game when McGeoch got injured. There was a really bad injury to McGeoch He was playing very well up to that Straight. point. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember I'm speaking about you know going back because Neil Lennon was in charge of Celtic, Mourinho was in charge of Real Madrid, and they were looking back to the game in Seville. Um, and he's always you know love or loathe him because there's a lot of people who don't like him, but he's always been very respectful of Celtic, Liam, and that goes a long yeah. way in my book. By the way, <laughs> it always you know because even when Vinicius Junior came out during the week there and said that you look at the league table and Celtic's quality isn't reflected in their position. And I don't think he was saying that to try and be our friend. I think, I just think there was a respect there, wasn't there?
4: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's just, you know, when you... Um...
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of OOKLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details.
4: When you are as big a team as Celtic and you're not at the top table of European football, despite the fact that you probably should be, I think that guys like Vinicus Junior are going to hopefully read up a wee bit about what we're about as a club and where we've came from, and maybe just think, yeah,
1: those
4: those guys are deserving a wee bit of
2: respect, you know. A proper football club, as some might say. Um, Mm. Let's have a wee look here, then. Paddy Lavery, welcome back, Paddy. Hope you're well. Um, Showing us a wee picture of Georgie Best in the hoops there. Love that photo. Afternoon, all. At least there was no excuses for Ange after the game, unlike some other managers. This goes back to the point you made, Liam. We want, we just want the truth. We just want people to be brutally honest, and we have heard a lot of excuses. We have heard that whole thing about budgets and you know, We can't buy players. We can't spend a hundred million quid. And I'm sorry, that doesn't even enter his mind. He he still believes in his mind that he could probably do something in the Champions League, regardless yeah. of budgets. You know, he's that type of you know the glass ceiling thing doesn't exist for him. Um, and I think that what that does though it does tap into our mentality as working class football fans Liam like you were saying mm-hmm. earlier um, yeah. he's, he's a no BS kind of manager Walter comes in uh, Walter Or welcome back to the show last night was awesome this is a fantastic wee comment listen to this not great result but what a noise we made after Jota's goal and in the car park after I personally was thrilled my first away trip in the Champions League at 70 a highlight in my life how great is that Liam
4: that is brilliant. That's that's exactly the kind of stories you love to hear. Um, but thanks, thanks for tuning in, Walter, and thanks for sharing that. That really, that's that puts a smile on my face. That really does.
2: It's superb, isn't it? Um, and you think to yourself, I remember going back to Seville. You mentioned Seville, and uh, to that point, as a Celtic fan, my first game was eighty-seven. So in terms of European football, it was never. We well, were never massively successful during the time that I'm watching the, the club. Then Martin mm-hmm. O'Neill comes in, takes us to Seville, takes us to the Eiffel Cup final, Liam. And I, I, I remember speaking about that and I had this attitude in my mind and I wasn't complacent, but I fully believed we would do it again. I believed mm-hmm. that we had turned a corner and with Martin O'Neill there and with his kind of philosophy and his, and it was a different philosophy from Angie's because he did like spending big did O'Neill mm. and it worked that's fine um, but I did feel at that time that there would be more experiences like that and here we've got Walter going to his first away day in Europe at 70 and I sometimes ask myself will I ever experience a European final again by the way I don't think it's beyond us maybe not a Champions League but I don't think a European final is beyond Celtic what's your thoughts?
4: I mean, you know, I don't, I don't like it when we compare ourselves to the the other mob, but uh, they did it last season, so why mm-hmm. can't we? You can't tell me that that um, that team from Ibrox of last season has done something that we can't do, you know. Um, if if they're able to get to the Europa League final, then so are we, and we will do it playing
2: much better football, I think. <laughs> when the time that's comes, a, yeah, that, that's another thing though, because if we're going to do it, we'll be doing it Angie's way. And we'll be doing it with with all his principles in place. If we go next season and we finish in such a way in the Champions League where we remain in Europe, for example, Liam, Mm -hmm. and there is that step down, That's, I think, where you're actually going to see what the benefit has been to get the Champions League games under your belt. By which time you're going to have players with a dozen games under their belt, Liam. And then you start playing European football at a slightly lesser level. Still a lot of good teams in there. Um, And it's at that point that you, I think, you can see the difference.
4: Well, that's the thing. I mean, again, no disrespect to this team in particular, but when you come away from having played the likes of Real Madrid or Leipzig and you drop down, uh, you're far less likely to get sucker punched by a team like Boro Glimpt because yeah. you've already played against much better teams than that. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. For sure. Um, you, you mentioned sucker punch. Just as I was looking at the boxing gloves on the kangaroo behind you, tell us a wee bit about Celtic <laughs> Down Under. Just while you're on, Liam, we need to get a wee plug in for sure. the, the podcast. Um,
4: yeah, Celtic Down Under, we uh, we do shows every Wednesday. Yeah. Um, uh, that would be late morning uh, Celtic part time. Um, up on they're up on YouTube, and you can download the podcast as well. Uh, Celtic Down Under, give us a wee follow on on the YouTube channel, and uh, yeah, um, we are an interesting group. There's three, uh, four of us based in Australia, and myself up here in Japan, but we're all in the same kind of time zone, so it, it fits. And yeah, it's it's interesting because Jared, my my friend who founded the Celtic Down Under podcast. He set that up, God, about three years ago. And, you know, I joined beginning of last season. And uh, here, sorry, no, season before last, was it? Anyway, we're now in a position where those guys are in Australia. We have an Australian manager Mm -hmm. and I'm in Japan. and And, you know, we have four Japanese players, none of which was the case when we first started doing the pod. So it's really nice the way everything's kind of, as, as, as the a team
2: would say, "I love it when a plan comes together yeah. <laughs> no, by the way, imagine you know three years ago, if someone had said that to Jared they wouldn't have believed you and Of oh. course, our relationship <laughs> um has grown from the the charity weekenders that we do every december um, mm-hmm. and none more so than this December because of the state that the country's in um and globally in actual yeah. fact, but you know there's there's definitely going to be a massive push. Uh, this Christmas. I'm going to take a wee photo actually and stick it up on the, the socials. We've got a wee wall in the studio, Liam, where we put up our letters from the recipients of any cash that is raised and donated. Um, and the, the vast majority of that is done via this platform on the charity weekender. Uh, I'm going to put that up because we're sitting at around, I think it's 83 grand, 82 and a half grand or something like that. And we're, we're pushing a charity single this Christmas to try and push that over 100 grand and obviously give all the, the profits to charitable causes. Um, and the single itself is superb. The final mix is going to be taking place next week, um, and various wee layers will be put onto that. People will be aware of the band The Wakes. Um, if you're tuning into Axom, you'll know all about the wakes, and they have done a fantastic job on this tune. So um, the charitable ethos and heritage of this club is alive and well, isn't it, Liam? As always. Yeah,
4: yeah, and just just a wee, a wee thought that though, if anybody's a wee bit worried about about the single, do not worry. I will not be contributing any of my karaoke vocals to that record, so I, I did want to. I did want
2: to, Liam, but I was prevented from doing so by those <laughs> who uh, obviously have more that ability, taste. more ability, yeah, and taste in the world <laughs> of music. Um, yeah. Facebook user, sorry, I don't know uh, who I'm speaking to, but thanks for getting involved. Um, there's a wee sign up process on Facebook, and then your avatar and name comes up. And mm-hmm. Andrew, we trust our wizard from Oz, hail, hail! You know all this. Um, you know, the keep the faith, it became a mantra for the the time under Neil Lennon. Mm. But it became something that I didn't want to hear at that time because it, it was preventing people from seeing w- what the problem was, you know? Yeah. But where, where I now see in We Trust, I don't feel mm. the same way because I do feel as though we are on a journey, Liam, and we're all pretty sure where that, that journey has taken us. There is a huge difference, isn't
4: there? Yeah, I mean... Getting behind an idea that you agree with, be it social, political, sporting, whatever, is the right idea. Blindly following something because you're too obstinate to see it's going wrong is not a good idea. And dare I say, that mentality has created a lot of the
2: social political problems we have in the world at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you imagine, you know, politically, if you were just to blindly follow a political party, then yes. I, you know, back in the day, and my dad is a striking minor, and the whole family were, were Labour voters, Liam. And then when you yeah. become, you come to an age and you vote Labour, because it's for the working classes, of course. And then, mm-hmm. you know, as you get older and the changes that you see in that party, if you were just to continue to, you know, vote for them, then you're voting for a party you no longer believe in. Um, and it's a wee bit like that with, with Celtic. You know, football's different. I remember Jim Kerr uh, saying, and it was in a, it was a great quote in a book, you can change your name, you can change your wife, you can even change your political party, but you never change your football club. And that's true, right? But you can change your view on certain parts of that club. And that, that's where we were, I think, in Lenny's final season. But um, I was asked a question this morning, Liam, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, and, and I spoke about it yesterday. Ange Bostokoglou and I don't speak for all Celtic fans I've got to get that disclaimer in. Yes, um, yeah, has got the backing of a massive percentage a massive part of the Celtic fan base to mm. the point where he can come out after a 5-1 drubbing and speak to us like via the the press conference and we buy it. And I don't yeah. think it's blind loyalty. So so what is it that Ange has that previous managers haven't had?
4: It's um, it's the old adage that you know respect is earned. It's not a given, and Ange has put, has given us as fans some fantastic memories over the past year and a bit. Um, we have won a championship, which at the beginning of the season nobody thought we would get close to, myself included. Um, we, uh, yeah, he's really he's earned a wee. He's earned the uh, the privilege of being allowed to brush off a 5-1 defeat, whereas other managers might even find themselves at risk of their job if they took such a dropping. Mm. Unless, of course, they're managing a team who can't afford to sack
2: them, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> Whoever could you mean. By the way, whilst, whilst it's in my, my eyeline, right, I'm looking yeah. at that jersey which will be over your left shoulder. Is that uh, an Australian kappa top? Is that kappa that made that one? That is uh, South Africa, uh,
4: 1998.
2: Right. Um, yeah, it is Kappa. Yeah, it is an absolute uh, cracker of a jersey. Uh, What's your thoughts <laughs> on the the um, rumours around Celtic releasing a fourth jersey this season?
4: Um, well, I uh, we we talked about this on Celtic Down Under yesterday, and as uh, Jared and I were in agreement that it would make a beautiful away strip next season. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely no need for Celtic to release a fourth kit just now. Um, as as other, other Celtic-minded people have said in recent years, Celtic, read the room,
2: please. Yeah, absolutely. I, I made a suggestion. I, I don't believe even in the third kits. I understand why they're there, Liam. I know it's a mm-hmm. commercial thing, right? I know that you know, Adidas and Celtic will say, but this is how many we sell, so there's a need Mm. for it. There's no need for it. There might be a want for it, right? Yeah. But I've never really been into third kits unless there's a need in terms of, right, there's going to be a colour clash. But even then, I'm pretty sure you could come up with an away jersey that uh, unless you come up against an obscure European club, you know, you can get away Mm. with two, two shirts. And my suggestion was, right, okay, if we're at that stage now, and we obviously are, where we're going to be releasing three jerseys every season, then the third jersey should always be a fundraising jersey. And my my kind of view on it was, do we do enough for the former players' association, for example? Well, why not the money raised through the sales of the third jersey go to the former players and their widows and their families? Um, Because we we both know that prior to the modern-day influx of cash... Uh, you know, a lot of these legends didn't make fortunes, Liam, and they retire mm-hmm. from the game. They don't have a great deal. Some of them are still working. Some of them have passed away, and their widows haven't got a great deal. And I I just thought, you know, the club might say, oh, you, you know, but we've already worked that into our projected figures for the merchandise. People go into the shop to buy it, and they might buy something else as well, you know. I just think mm-hmm. there's a better way of doing it. Do you think that would work, Liam?
4: Uh, yeah, I'd be all for that. And the other thing is with... Uh you know, with the, the former players. Um even more recent players might not have made as much money out of the game as you might have thought. Um I'll share I'll share a wee anecdote we here very briefly. Um Lubbo and my dad had some business together a few years ago and uh he told us that in his final two years at Celtic, he was getting ten thousand pounds a week. Which is funny money, right? But considering the talent of Lubomoravchik, right, and he said that was the highest salary he ever earned in his entire career. Um, because he said that in response to uh, a, an interview in the papers at the time from, I think it was Gary Caldwell, saying that Celtic had made a derisory offer of of, uh, of 25 grand a week to get him to extend his contract. Wow. And here is a quote you can take to the bank, right? Luka said, and I'm quoting verbatim, there is more talent in a discarded Mirachik toenail than there is in an entire Gary Caldwell.
2: <laughs> oh, big gazer if you're tuning in, stick that one in your pipe and smoke it. Oh my words. But you're right. I mean, obviously ten grand a week would be you know, beyond our wildest Aye. dreams, you know, most people's yeah. wildest dreams. But we we know that whatever they're making it's condensed into a period of what, fifteen years, twenty of you're lucky, unless you're Nakamura. Yeah and you lose no. count on how many years. But yeah. Lubo Bowman, actually, that, that is probably, you know, an era that you did think was, was cash-rich, and these players have all retired, Liam, and, you know, mm. they've got investments here and there, but, you know, it's not always the case, and, and that, for me, is a massive part of what we can do. Obviously, we've got a phenomenal charitable arm, and the foundation, the work they do is, off the scale we spoke about the yeah. 400 grand helping people in, in fuel crisis that the kind of thing that makes me proud uh time and time again to be a celtic supporter and, Absolutely. you know we try and chip in as much as we possibly can the fans are unbelievable uh whenever we do something but yeah third jerseys fourth jerseys and i love my football shirts as you know mm-hmm. but no it, it's just a cash cashing so let's do something a wee bit better with them Liam. It's been an absolute pleasure. That's been a very quick hour. It's absolutely great to hear from you. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the chat. Um, There's loads of reasons to be cheerful. Uh, We're going for a treble this season as well. Back to the domestic stuff. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you, Liam Carrigan, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind.